Hello, everyone. So uh, now uh, let's go ahead and get into as what I've been talking about for many weeks, David Fincher retrospective. So as I've been saying, I wasn't able to watch Panic Room, so that won't be included. And as I decided, I'm not going to include Mank. So I'll probably just do that as a standalone podcast or maybe as part of a bigger one later on. So that will be what will uh, be the focus. And not going to talk about Alien 3 because I've said everything I got to say there. Even he doesn't consider it one of his movies. He has said that it isn't really his film, and I've already discussed it. So there's that. So yeah. So starting this off is the movie Seven, which I got to say is probably one of the best murder mystery films ever. It really has not a lot of competition. So let's go ahead and get into why. So stars Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and let's just say I'm not going to reveal who plays John Doe, but it is a real solid story. And the way the mystery is set up, you really feel like you're a detective also, along with uh, the two detective characters in this movie, that being Somerset and uh, David Mills. And... uh, yeah, it takes place also in not even an actual location, just the city. And um, it just gives off a real dark and bleak aura of mystery because, gosh dang, it just really is uh, not a good place to live. And even the wife of uh, David, Tracy, has said that she just wants to get out of there. She just <laughs> isn't really a big fan of uh, of the city and wishes that she could live anywhere else. She just uh, she's just uh, wanted to get out, and uh, yeah, and Somerset is a detective who's been around for many years in the force in the city and he's about to retire and has just about had it and these murders are unlike any others each of them relates to one of the seven deadly sins and uh guess i'll go ahead and say it so uh so if you haven't watched the movie don't listen to this part just skip ahead and uh when I talk about his next movie, The Game, go ahead and get back to listening to that. So the twist ending is after all of this whole long investigation and Somerset and Mills investigating all of the crimes, whether it was sloth, gluttony, or wrath or pride, as the villain of this movie, John Doe, he freaking he freaking uh, felt envy for the life of David Mills and uh, he ended up killing Tracy and maiming her and cutting her head off and she was pregnant and it just puts Mills over the edge as uh, he just ends up losing it and unloading a whole freaking clip in his pistol in him and 
it is just the iconic what's in the box scene. And um, let's just say this mystery is just so well put together from all the murders. And it really just makes you feel like you're in the world. Like Fincher, one thing I got to say about him, he definitely, his films always look great. And he has a look to it, which is just totally his own. And he owns it. And even though it is a bit desaturated, it's not like Zach, or as I call him, Hat Snyder, who I feel just freaking is uh, so uh, it's just so annoying. But uh, yeah, freaking one of the best scenes, though, is when the sloth victim was still alive and the SWAT teams freak out and Fincher didn't even tell them that he was going to be alive or the script that they were reading didn't say that they would be alive. And uh, yeah, it is just real solid. And uh, yeah, overall, just this is one solid film. And Andrew Kevin Walker and David Fincher really put together a solid freaking murder mystery noir film. And just about everything is on point and can't uh, really can't really say anything bad about it. This movie is just real solid. And also the um, sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, Arlie Ermey, he uh, plays the, <laughs> he plays the captain of both of these characters. And uh, it's definitely pretty uh, amazing. So moving on to his next film, that is probably, in my opinion, his most underrated film. It's a movie called The Game, over a rich millionaire named Nicholas, who has had an issue issues with his brother, and uh, he's also estranged from his wife, and uh, I guess... Uh, his dad committed suicide and he's haunted by it. And his brother offers him to join an organization to uh, just um, to just freaking partake in a game. And I honestly don't want to say too much about it because um, this movie is just full of so many great twists. And what David Fincher and the writers of this movie accomplished is just incredible. I think that's all I'm going to say about it. I want to leave it vague. I don't want to spoil anything. So, yeah, anyway, just so many great twists and turns in this. And let's just say the ending. I don't get why some people criticize it. I say it's perfectly fitting. And it is just a real solid film. And all the characters are great. And, uh, yeah. And the cast is amazing also. And much like how I feel about Insomnia for Christopher Nolan... I feel the same about uh, the game for David Fincher. The one that doesn't get nearly as much credit as some of the other films. Because with Christopher Nolan, I feel like everyone talks about Memento, the Dark Knight trilogy, and Dunkirk, and Interstellar, and Inception, yet really always forget about Insomnia. And I feel like the game is definitely up there, but still real solid. And I would recommend it. And let's probably go on to his 
one of his most popular films because he has a lot, and that is Fight Club. And yes, I do recognize I'm breaking rule number one of Fight Club by talking about Fight Club. But hey, it's a great movie, so I'm going to talk about it. But uh, yeah, wow, got to say, this is a movie that was mismarketed and very misunderstood in its time because the story is just perfect with the um, unnamed narrator who doesn't really like his job and he is just uh, bored by it. And he forms a fight club with a soap salesman, Tyler Durden, and uh, gets into a relationship with a pretty crazy lady and also has his own little quirks and intricacies. And is uh, this movie is also kind of a commentary on the freaking culture of its time, because this movie came out in 1999, right around the cusp of the new millennium. And some give it comparisons to Rebel Without Cause and the graduate on how it was kind of calling out society and the culture of the times. And that is just one thing I love about this, the satire, how it makes fun of businesses and um, comments on some of their practices and whatnot. And it is just really amazing what it's done with this movie. And overall, Brad Pitt and Ed Norton are both pretty solid. This might be my favorite movie Ed Norton's ever been in because he's not my favorite Hulk, but uh, he's definitely real solid in this film. And and Tyler Durden. And uh, here in a few minutes, I'll talk about the big twist. But uh, yeah, it is just uh, real solid. Oh, and also Jared Leto's in this movie too in a small role. So um, there's another interesting detail. But uh, he's good for the role he's in, just not the Joker. <laughs> but yeah, I found out that this movie was marketed based on mainly the fighting aspect of it. When that movie, yes, it is a part of it, but it isn't the main focus. It's only about maybe 20% of the plot. Most of it isn't really a, like the focus. And I feel much like Blade Runner and some other classics. This movie just was very mismarketed and misunderstood at the time of its release. I'm just glad now it's definitely picking that up. And can't believe a movie like this also got negative reviews and not a lot of Academy Award nominations. Oh, it only got one and lost to The Matrix. But yeah, this movie, definitely watch it. It's, it was very much ahead of its time and uh, definitely had some nice visual effects and also, just the twist. Oh my gosh, Tyler Durden being the idealized version of the narrator. It is just so perfect. And the ending also when Marla and the narrator get together and he's like, You met me at a very strange time in my life. But the song that I'm going to play at the end of this podcast, playing, and it is just perfect. And it's also predicted many things too from society with gaming culture and even some terminology we use but yeah one thing which i definitely like to say and i'm going to say more when i feel like people are bringing up topics i don't like to have brought up is i'm going to say fight club rules because as tyler durden said rule number one of fight club we don't talk about fight club rule number two of fight club we don't talk about fight club <laughs> yeah so it is definitely amazing. And uh, thank God for freaking um, 
David Fincher just bringing this to justice along with the writer of this film because this film is just absolutely amazing and is just well ahead of its time and kind of predicted a lot of the things of today's culture and uh, it is definitely a film that really only gets better with age and was definitely misunderstood at the time of its release and uh, has some very relevant themes and the writer of the book said he wrote this because he felt like when he got in a fight or something after when he was out on work nobody really talked to him or cared about it and kind of just carried on and guess I'll say it without saying it directly let's just say it reminded me of some people in my management at my old job and how they just ignored that about me and didn't even want to connect very much like like uh like what happened with the writer of this book Chuck Palahniuk and I still need to watch um Panic Room so not going to say anything there cuz haven't been able to watch that one but have heard it's pretty uh, solid and awesome so I'll get to it eventually and up next is Zodiac and this is a movie I've watched many times and though it is very long I absolutely love every second of it the cast just about everything is perfect on this movie. Fincher really did his homework with the story, too, because the story is basically the hunt for the Zodiac Killer. And though some stuff is changed, because it is a narrative uh, film, after all, they stayed very accurate to just about every detail, only showed the murders that had witnesses to testify. And what David Fincher did with the CGI in this movie, my God, I thought a lot of this movie was shot on location, turns out good chunk of it was in sets and I don't know how he does it with these visual effects but he really is like a magician with them he can really hide it real well and what he did with the case of the Zodiac is just amazing and also the book that this film is adapting written by Robert Graysmith freaking um that's who Jake Gyllenhaal plays in this movie and he absolutely kills it in this role you totally by him as the obsessed cartoonist who wants to find the Zodiac. And this movie definitely makes you, after watching it, want to find out the current status of the investigation, even though um, we may never know who the Zodiac was. And by, and by this point, he could be dead for all we know. He or she, who knows? <laughs> There's just so much unknown about that case. But um, it also brings up Dirty Harry, because Dirty Harry was a film that was based on the hunt for the Zodiac Killer, and the character that Mark Ruffalo plays, um, Inspector Dave Toshi, ends up uh, being, he was the basis for Dirty Harry, and his overall personality, and um, his overall personality, and character and this is mark ruffalo pre-ncu so if you want to see some actors pre-ncu this is the movie to watch watching them just kill it and rdj robert Downey jr plays paul avery and absolutely kills it as the journalist who has to publish a lot of the papers and stuff and even mails him in the mail some pretty disturbing things i won't say which if you haven't seen the movie but um yeah gets real intense and 
Graysmith is a character too that has a lot of his own quirks and whatnot. And uh, let's just say I found out the real Graysmith now knows why his marriages freaking fell apart after watching this because wow, he was really obsessed with it. And there were so many people after so much time passed, even Detective Toshi, who was all like, get over it, okay? We can't do, I can't do this anymore. We we, we couldn't find it. He'll, the case is always going to be unresolved. And it's definitely interesting that um, Arthur Lay Allen, he freaking... Um, he freaking, uh, what was I going to say? He, he, um, after, uh, the Zodiac, uh, or not Zodiac, after he was investigated and whatnot, um, all the, these phone calls that Gray Smith kept getting ended and Arthur Lee Allen was arrested and he was the prime suspect for who the Zodiac is, even though the evidence is still a little shaky, but yeah, this movie just, I think it's like uh, what Chris Stuckman said. He made the greatest fictionalized um, investigative film. And with this one, he directed probably the best based on fact. And um, from what I've heard, he really wanted all the actors to just do their job and do justice to who they were playing, whether it was Jake Gyllenhaal as, um, as freaking <clears throat> Jake Gyllenhaal as, uh, Robert Graysmith, to Mark Ruffalo's Dave Tashi, to RDJ's Paul Avery, even some of the small characters like Melvin Bell, who was the uh, talk show host that Zodiac talked to, and John Carroll Lynch's Arthur Leal, and it's just <coughs> amazing what was accomplished, and definitely gets you thinking every time you watch it. And this movie just got removed off Netflix, but wherever it's going to go, I would highly recommend it. This movie just is full of so much suspense and just this is definitely one of Fincher's best works and a shame that it didn't really get a lot of recognition from any awards outside of some high praise and whatnot, but it is what it is. Its legacy is growing and it's definitely a real solid film. And it'll be remembered. So up next is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which uh, was a very interesting film about the man who ages in reverse. And uh, let's just get this off the gate. Brad Pitt, absolutely incredible. Anytime Pitt and Fincher are in a movie, nine times out of ten, it's pretty dang amazing. And um, once again, the visual effects are absolutely incredible. And Kate Blanchett, I mean, she killed it as hella in um freaking Thor Ragnarok, so no surprise there. But yeah, this movie she's absolutely great. And it's real nice seeing Benjamin Button as he goes from being an old man when he is first born up to um slowly like reaching middle age and then slowly getting younger and younger. And uh yeah. He dies as an infant, and uh, it is just real, uh, real interesting how that all plays out. But yeah, seeing the life of a man age in reverse definitely is kind of nice, and 
all the world events that happen too as this is happening because i guess benjamin goes to he fights in all the world wars and i think he also encounters vietnam and uh lived a pretty long life and yeah overall this film definitely was definitely took advantage of its pretty interesting premise and uh also the um book it was written by it was written by who i know is definitely one of the uh most respected authors in literature that being f scott fitzgerald <laughs> and that is francis scott fitzgerald so don't be saying i'm being a potty mouth <laughs> oh i like that joke in ted too but yeah anyway um it definitely deserved all the oscars it won and it definitely had some solid visual effects and um really uh love this movie and um even though i would have liked to have seen iron man maybe or dark knight when yeah, this was definitely a worthy film because it had some pretty awesome visual effects so i guess moving on to his next film and then i'll finish off with the rest the next film is another based on fact um film that being the social network which he had written by Aaron Sorkin, probably one of my favorite screenwriters of of more recent cinema, who's, my God, he has written so many great freaking um, um, screenplays. I don't know how the guy does it. I mean, whether it's an adaptation, his own, or uh, or whatever, this guy just, he knows his shit, whether it's A Few Good Men to, um, this might be another podcast idea coming up to A Few Good Men to, this to Moneyball, Steve Jobs, God, Aaron Sorkin. I, I wish this guy would get more work because he hasn't written all that many films, but that's another story. So yeah, The Social Network is the film about the founding of Facebook and Jesse Eisenberg plays Mark Zuckerberg and my least favorite Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, plays his co-founder, Eduardo Saverin. And this movie's kind of like a biopic on Mark Zuckerberg, but also kind of a legal um, film, um, thriller film because of how it deals with um, all the stuff he had to do to prove he owned Facebook and um, let's just say this cast is overall real solid and um, definitely deserved a lot of the Oscars it won and the cast is just awesome. I know there was some historical license that was taken with this film and Zuckerberg's kind of commented on it, but I don't know. I just feel like Fincher did the best he could with the story on showing this and showing us the basics in a fictionalized and entertaining way of how Facebook was founded and definitely my first social media experience and app and still use it to this day. And I've shared many great things and has also kind of been a nice, um, nice, uh, therapy also when certain things have happened when i make posts and people have commented on it that's also been real nice <clears throat> and um overall just um i guess i'll say that about my facebook experience but yeah the cast is real great too justin timberlake is in this and he plays sean parker another um entrepreneur who um helps zuckerberg out but uh but yeah it is just real nice also seeing Eduardo Saverin as he feels betrayed by Zuckerberg's success and he kind of fucks him over and it's 
just really interesting seeing that. And oh, also the Winklevoss twins are in this, and they're uh, played by Army Hammer and another actor named Joss Pence. And the visual effects used that is probably some of the best duplicating of two freaking actors I have seen in quite a while. It is just uh, real, real solid work and got nothing but um, good things to say there. So, yeah, but um, <clears throat> it's also nice, too, in the end when it shows, talks about the truth of what happened. And it's also nice, too, when Zuckerberg wants to get back with his girlfriend and it's also nice, too, seeing the beginnings of the app and what inspired Zuckerberg, especially with the relationship status option, even though that's something that, for me, has always stayed the same. But um, it's definitely an interesting thing. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a nice little way of looking at the life of someone like Zuckerberg. And um, from its beginnings, when it was called The Facebook, and also when it was just about... Uh, Harvard students and whatnot, but uh, yeah, it's definitely real, real nice to see and how everything turned out, but uh, yeah, I know it's historical accuracy wasn't all the best, but yeah, definitely one of the best films of the previous decade and um, definitely deserved all the Oscars it won because gosh, from visual effects to all that Fincher just knows his shit with this. I don't know how he does it, but he just gets it done. He knows his shit. That is for sure. He uh, definitely gets it down. But yeah, the script definitely deserved the Oscar at one. Aaron Sorkin was just amazing and same thing for the editing and score oh it actually wasn't even nominated for visual effects that is disappointing because it damn well should have been but let's go ahead and stop right here and um i'll go ahead and discuss um his last remaining films i'm going to discuss that being the girl with the dragon tattoo and gone girl so be right back So now back into things, let's talk about another really amazing film from David Fincher and it being a remake. Also, just uh, wow, how he was able to put his own stamp on it. That's something that needs to be discussed. Anyway, this is the girl with the dragon tattoo. And this film is a real solid um, psychological crime thriller. And uh, let's just say right off the gate, the cast is solid. Daniel Craig. And Rooney Mara really work real well off each other. Just about everyone is really well cast, whether it's Christopher Plummer to Stellan Skarsgård, Robin Wright, and um, just everything about this is real great. And just the story, the writing, my God, there really isn't a weak aspect to it at this at all. It is just real amazing what um, what is uh, what has happened. It is. Uh, Definitely, definitely a real solid thriller, and this is definitely one of the best films of the previous um, decade. 
but yeah the opening is great it has like a darker version of um immigrant song by led zeppelin playing over some real interesting visuals because let's just say the subject matter of the plot of this investigation and these crimes going on with elizabeth salander and the journalist daniel craig plays uh Mikhail Blomkovich, let's just say, holy shit, it is definitely um, real um, solid when he investigates what happens to this uh, one woman from this wealthy family and the interesting character Salander is and how she investigates her crimes and uh, her various skills and how she is able to survive the emotional and sexual abuse that has happened to her and let's just say there are some scenes that deal with that subject matter which i'm gonna say right now if you're a little queasy i don't know if you want to watch it because it is uh oh wow real um real interesting it is uh oh boy it's it gets intense and you definitely gotta know what you're getting into because damn it it's like wow, freaking just uh but yeah, Daniel Craig is always is real solid and um gotta say this too, nice seeing him in a role that isn't James Bond, but yeah, he definitely brings to life this uh investigative journalist who is kind of uh he kind of goes the extra mile in his investigations and kinda has aspects of Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward in him and um Let's just say that uh, he definitely is real interesting and you buy him as a character because he's having issues with his family, his daughter and wife, and he's just really wanting to uh, get uh, freaking all that back together. We'll say this, though. Found out that either Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt could have played this role. Not going to lie, it would kind of have been interesting to see both of them in this because um, freaking uh, it'd be really interesting to see how uh, how this would this would go down but uh, yeah it uh, it freaking is real really a solid film and uh, freaking what was I going to say uh I think uh, the actress who played freaking Salander, she put it best when she said, along with Fincher, that this character is a cross between Laura Croft in terms of her freaking uh, I don't deal with your shit attitude and also how she does it with so much grace and poise and intellect like uh, Spock. But uh, yeah, let's just say I found out there were many actresses who could have played this part and some of them, I think, could have worked. Others, I don't know. But um, it was a huge list. And there are some here that, uh, wow, it would be very interesting to see what would happen if uh, if freaking any of these castings happened. But yeah, the villain in this too, let's just say you don't see him coming. But when he's revealed, it is like, damn, that was just real solid. and. 
let's just say this is definitely a movie best not to watch with your family due to some of the more graphic and intense torture scenes and scenes with rape and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. And I also found out, too, David Fincher used some solid visual effects trickery for certain shots that not a lot of directors would do for how they were shooting it. So that's definitely a real interesting uh, turn of events. But uh, yeah, I'll just list off a few of the actor actresses who could have played Elizabeth Salander, because if I remember correct, this movie was nominated for many Oscars. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, freaking. Let's just say that uh, that freaking uh, but yeah, gosh, freaking. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, freaking. It's definitely a very interesting list of potential candidates, and this movie, um, Rudy Mara getting an Oscar nomination, definitely would have been interesting to see how that played out. But yeah, so just to name a few: Eva Green, Anne Hathaway, Scarlett Johansson, Kira Knightley, Jennifer Lawrence, Ellen Page, and Natalie Portman, Leah Sedow, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, Emma Watson, and the list goes on and on. That's definitely real interesting. And gosh dang, that is a high amount of potential actors and actresses that could have played the part. And interesting to think about how it would have turned out if they were cast. But uh, yeah, freaking um, definitely solid film though, and highly recommend. So now on to the last of uh, my David Fincher movies so um let's go ahead and go into gone girl and wow this film talk about a thriller it is just a real interesting story of uh, this marriage where uh nick dunn and his wife amy freaking uh his wife disappears and he's the primary suspect and how this film comments on the media and how they uh portray things Boy, very interesting and very relevant to these times. And I got a feeling this is another Fincher film that'll definitely age well. But thankfully, unlike Fight Club, the critics wised up and realized, oh, yeah, this is a pretty solid film, whether it's the cast or the directing, the writing, just everything about it is great. And Rosamund Pike definitely deserved the Oscar nomination she got. She freaking killed it. Like, I don't know how this happened, but just about everything came together with this film from the visuals, the editing, the music, and just the overall mood. You feel the darkness and just the overall mood of it. And it's like, wow. Yeah, freaking definitely uh, interesting. And definitely, this is what I feel like Ben Affleck needs to do more often. This is more up his alley. Movies like Gone Girl. He definitely embodied um, Nick Dunn pretty well. And it's nice seeing him as he ends up, uh, you go to see his life and whatnot. And the lengths that uh, Amy freaking goes to 
have herself disappear and all the crazy things she does to herself to make sure she stays missing. And also, Neil Patrick Harris is in this movie, and I won't say exactly what his character does, but wow, it is <laughs> very intriguing. I'll say that. And um, yeah, it's just <clears throat> real real amazing what happened here and uh and just wow freaking guess all i have left to say is the ending definitely uh oh boy i honestly don't want to say anything on it because it is just so one of those whoa endings and um those some big curveballs all i will say is I guess there could potentially be a sequel made to this, and uh, I could kind of see it work with the way this movie ends, but the way it ends, it kind of feels like there shouldn't be any more, but, but oh well, it's whatever at this point, because um, all I know is, uh, yeah, but anyway, David Fincher definitely is a real interesting director. I guess a few last things I got to say about this is, um, found out he almost tried to uh, direct the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. He uh, wanted it to focus on the night Gwen Stacy died, which, wow, wonder what the state of the superhero films would be if it ended up being him who directed it. Kind of wished he could have been, he could have directed the sequel to The Girl with Dragon Tattoo, but he got done dirty there. But yeah, overall, Fincher is really yet to direct a movie like he actually considers his own that is absolutely awful and i can't wait to watch mank it's gotten great reviews so yeah i guess all i gotta say is this is definitely one of the best and most consistent directors watch all of his movies he's really yet to have a black sheep and he's kind of like martin scorsese and steven spielberg he just always wants to make sure he makes his damn best films and he knows what to do and gets it done and knows how to work with visual effects too which i gotta give him credit to and um yeah so, uh, geek and proud. Stop. Try!